Hello, and thank you for joining us on this Tag One Team Talk, uh, the official podcast and vlog series of Tag One Consulting. In this episode, we're excited to discuss the Drupal Sustainability Project, which addresses the environmental and economic impact on the Drupal ecosystem. Additionally, we will highlight Gander Tag One's automated performance testing framework for Drupal and how it helps drive Drupal sustainability goals. Tag One is the number two all-time contributor to Drupal. We build large-scale web applications for Drupal, as well as many other technologies for global 500s and organizations in nearly every business sector, including Google, the New York Times, the European Union, the University of Michigan, and the Linux Foundation, to name a few. I'm Mariano Cervello, and I'm based out of Kaloa, Hawaii. And today I'm joined by Mike Gifford. I think you're out of South France today. <laughs> uh, normally right. he's based out of Ottawa, Canada. Uh, senior strategist at Civic Actions, maintainer of the Drupal Sustainability Initiative, uh, Drupal's core accessibility maintainer. And then we're also joined by Tim Lennon, uh, the chief technology of the Drupal Association, uh, who's based out of Portland, Oregon. And of course, our favorite, Michael Myers here at Tag One, is based out of New York City. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. Thanks, to our to podcast. Thank you. Um, so we'll kick it off uh, pretty quickly here. We don't want to uh, take up too much of people's time, but I uh, definitely want to get uh, a lot of this uh, great information out. Um, hey, Mike, what is sustainability? So um, we live on a finite planet. And, and as part of that, we have to go off and, and, and think about what our impact is on the planet. And there are, what, 8 billion of us, and we, we are living in an increasingly industrial world. And, and so much of our, our lives has an impact on the environment. We understand that cars and airplanes are imp impacting CO2, uh, but people don't necessarily realize that, that their computers and the internet is also contributing to, to CO2. In fact, if you look at the industry, if you compare the airline industry to the, the, uh, the ICT industry, uh, our digital industry, they have about a comparable CO2 contribution. Um, and yet Amazing. the the um, the ICT industry is growing exponentially. And we know that there's there's more and more people who are are engaging with with uh, digital tools, whether that's through artificial intelligence or virtual reality. and and we don't we've been growing on on an exponential path and and that e each of those those electrons that we're passing around has an environmental footprint, uh, whether that's from powering the uh, the computers or cooling the data centers uh, or storing the bits or in, in our hard drives. So there's there's a huge impact that 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 happens through the the uh, our digital our digital lives, but people don't see it. Does that's that make true. Sense? I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, we we all in the back of our heads are thinking about, you know, hey, this electricity is coming from somewhere and it's probably more than likely coming from a coal plant, from what I understand. <laughs> um, so uh, with that being said, you know, how are uh, other technologies and communities thinking about this um, in your experience? Well, there's a there's been a huge movement and an awareness around uh, around the this uh, thinking about sustainability. Um, I've been involved in it since the Unsaid Conference in '92, so I've been thinking about these issues for quite some time. Um, but uh, but the but in terms of, of legislation, particularly looking at CO two, and that that will affect our industry, two pieces of legislation are worth thinking about. Uh, one is, is is Europeans are organizing a uh, a climate change uh, act that is sort of like the GP GDPR, but will be focused more on 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 the the environmental impact of of, uh, of digital technologies. Um, there's also uh, the the uh, California has legislation that's that's uh, impacting 
you know, companies that have more than a billion dollars uh, in in assets or not assets in in revenue uh, will be asked to do additional um, um, scope three evaluations, which will affect a lot of people. Because if if you're if you, you have IBM as a client and you suddenly need to do do you know, if IBM is doing scope three analysis, that they need to know from all of their customers what the environmental impact is. Um, so there's. There's been this movement around environmental social, uh, environmental social government and, and policies around around the SEC um, and trying to go off and to to, to make make um, you know efforts to to push push companies to to have better governance structures and have better environmental policies. Um, but this is this is uh, this is definitely changing over time. Um, in the the hosting space, uh, you know, Google and and uh, Microsoft have have really done amazingly well. Um, Amazon's pretty good, but they're definitely um, uh, the two leads. Really, are, are Microsoft and Google in terms of the of the, the cloud hosting environments. Um, also, I'm really happy to report that Platform SH has done uh, a great deal of work around how to uh, how to, to to try and, and assess the their impact as a, as, a, as a Drupal hosting provider. Uh, um, and as a, as a platform that is is uh, like they've hired a, a climate scientist, they've brought in third-party auditors to go off and to evaluate their their services. Uh, they're making a lot of this public uh, and and sort of presenting their their findings as a way to go off and to highlight uh, the best practices that they are finding in in, in in hosting. So so that's some of the stuff that they're doing. Um, also need to touch on the the uh, the Green Software Foundation and the Green Web Foundation. Uh, they definitely work in conjunction with each other. There's definitely um, a lot of collaboration between the two there's a really great uh, podcast called environment variables that's that's a, a co-hosted um you know podcast so that's definitely something to look at um i also want to note that that there's there's uh um there's environment tracks that different um uh, conferences particularly are, are, are a lot of conferences are starting to have an environmental track to try and think about what their impact is and to try and rally their community around that um and uh so it was, was at, at fostum and uh, the state of open last year or sorry earlier this year um in, in in 2023 and and they uh you know both of them had an environmental track so it's really encouraging to see this sort of focus in the open source community um also wanted to highlight that wagtail cms is doing some work around trying to uh, to hone in and say, what is our impact? How do we evaluate what our, our CO2 impact for our open source CMS? Um, and how do we try and provide a sustainability statement that's got some some teeth in it for their community that can be a rallying point, point behind that? So so again, that was, was lovely to see. Um, the word stuff uh trying to uh to structure the the um uh their their community to try and think more around sustainability and 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 uh, they've got a lot of people engaged in that so that's 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 great um and and finally just just wanted to highlight that there's um the web sustainability guidelines uh where where there's a draft document now that was was uh, put out by a, a wc3 community group that's really trying to um to highlight some of the the best practices for uh, for digital sustainability, we basically wanted to uh, to take the what WCAG did for accessibility, that over to sustainability to try and, and hard code and document those those best practices so that that people who are are caring about this and who want to go off and to demonstrate that they are implementing best practices on digital sustainability, they know what to do and how to go off and proceed with with the uh, um, the points. Um, so I think that covers most of what's happening in the environment in a very smashed together kind of format. But <laughs> I, I want to jump in here and, and credit Mike a little bit with some uh, 
some other things here because I would have to say that probably I've been with the Drupal Association for nine growing on 10 years and in the community for like 17. And I think one of the first people in the wider community that I had a conversation conversation with was Mike and back in 2014 wow. talking about <laughs> these issues right. um, and these kinds of things that we should talk about. I mean, that's, I mean, that's nothing compared to talking about it back in 92, but I think, um, I think it, it shows, it reflects a kind of level of commitment and a kind of level of passion that we see in all sorts of areas in our open source projects, right? And so we build a level of enthusiasm about a problem to solve, usually a technology problem, mm -hmm. um, but oftentimes we realize ways that the technology can, can be used to solve wider problems, uh, environmental ones, social ones, things like that. And I think uh, as we talk more about what we're inspired to do here, I think that'll kind of come into play. So I think it'll be really interesting. And I think, um, Mike, you were introduced as the uh, accessibility maintainer, but uh, it's not impossible to think that Drupal will have a environmental sustainability maintainer eventually, and your name might come up. So we'll see how this goes. That'd be very interesting. Thank you very much, Tim. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great segue into let's let's talk about the uh, the Drupal sustainability project um, or initiative. Uh, I'll let you take the lead there. Yeah. So I'll start this off just just saying that they there's been a um, a number of different efforts to try and, and think about about the the you know Drupal sustainability. Um, you know the Drupal conferences have have had a long effort to try and be sustainable and to to, to think about what their environmental impact is. That's something that's that's being part of 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 Drupal uh, Drupal uh, Drupal constants. I can remember going to them. There's certainly been a, an effort to care about about the the planet and the people who are are going to these events. Um, and uh, there's there's also uh, Tim and I were involved in creating a, uh, a sustainability um, you know about a sustainability page for for Drupal. So uh, trying to make sure that there's a um, if you go to uh, about uh, under sustainability, you can find. We'll uh, have the links a, in the in the in the yeah, podcast yeah. in the show notes here. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, we've also added a sustainability tag within uh, Drupal. So if you're in any uh, project or um, uh, issue, there's a there's a, a, a recognized tag to go off into to to, uh, to highlight issues that have sustainability issues that we want to focus in on. Um, and uh, what else? We've we've also created a a, a project uh, within Drupal.org that's that's uh, that's looking on sustainability and that has uh, a number of other uh, stubs for other. Other initiatives, like if we want to go off and it's more of a placeholder, and, and uh, um, it's been wonderful to go off and collaborate with with Gus on this, trying to go off and to uh, to create a a space for the community to to think about how we might want to be more organized and structured around how we we focus in on, on our sustainability efforts. Yeah, yeah I was just um, going to ask who who are some of the other stakeholders here. You mentioned Gus, and and I guess who else is involved? I mean, there there's definitely people who are are. Um, involved in the Slack channel, but it's it's uh, but it ha we haven't really formalized a um, a cohesive group at this point, and and so um, for example, there isn't a there isn't a formal working group with a charter yet, no. even though there is that sustainability statement, and I think that would be a good next step. For and then sure. there's there's kind of institutional stakeholders as well, right? So the Drupal Association, to a degree, is a stakeholder. The DrupalCon organizers underneath the DA. Um, but one of the things that I think we want to talk about is this notion, like with a, a number of our other open source initiatives, of bringing in more stakeholders, recruiting mm -hmm. people, creating a little bit of a more formal process, and in particular, finding a way that 
it's hard to make an initiative successful if it is a afterthought or a follow along or a thing you do if you have extra time mm-hmm. as opposed to an initiative that's built in sort of to the foundation of the way you operate on a regular basis. And, and the culture too, right? Like so, so much yeah. of what's what has made accessibility successful in in Drupal is being that that there's been support from the leadership on down around accessibility, and and people understand that as part of our conferences, as part of our code, it is a bug, it is not a feature, and that this is something that we we've embraced as a community. Um, and the same kind of thing needs to happen with sustainability. Yeah, I'd say that's very true. And I'll I'll dwell for a second on sort of the DrupalCon announcement because one of the things that's, uh, it's just a good example uh, is that to, and this has happened across the events industry eventually, but the, the Drupal Association and DrupalCon was fairly early in this, starting to require environmental sustainability clauses in contract negotiations with hotels and conference centers uh, is something that takes some effort to spin up at first to learn some best practices and then is built into an ongoing process, becomes a part of just what you do with every contract negotiation and every renewal and actually becomes much easier once you sort of establish that for the first time. And that's a that's a physical world meet space example, um, but that same sort of integration into process is something that will be successful on the technology side as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I definitely have uh, appreciated the more environmentally conscious uh, Drupal camps that I've attended over the years. I still I think I have some uh, reusable dinnerware uh, from a bad camp a number of years back that sits in my backpack and travels around with me. And you know, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's those little small wins that I think go a long way. So yeah, happy to see that we're really thinking about this for the events in the Drupal community because obviously that uh, has a pretty big impact. Um, so I kind of wanted to go quickly back to uh, sounds kind of funny, but there's a there's an actual issue tag for sustainability in Drupal? Like uh, what triggers a sustainability issue tag in your opinion, both of you gentlemen? <laughs> well, I mean, ultimately it's, it should be something that's not just a performance issue. There's also a performance tag. Um, it'd be nice if there was something that was um, tied to either if we can, um, yeah, there, there's a, there's a close tie between performance and sustainability, um, but but I think that ultimately it comes down to how do you how do you try and maximize the the overall running of the process? If you're thinking about about the not necessarily optimization of the server, but the optimization of the the broader holistic puzzle. So you know what is the runtime on the client as well as on the server? Um, that's I think something that would be much more of an issue around sustainability because because uh, our our servers are probably fairly optimized for for energy efficiency where our desktops are not and if we just sort of throw a whole bunch of JavaScript out there it doesn't cause any real problem on the server to go off and have massive JavaScript files but uh, but it does on the client and so if you have an eight megabyte JavaScript file which some some organizations have had um, that will have a terrible load time and a huge carbon impact because of the hundreds and thousands of machines that are running that. Right. Yeah. Or even millions. Um, right. So for, for mm-hmm. some of some of the larger websites that, that could be a, a, a factor of um, uh, impact. And there's a, there's a um, almost a mindset component as well in terms of if you're doing sort of an analysis of, of a process, you might say, oh, this is an extremely efficient process. It happens in less than a millisecond. It's done, you know, maybe it's done when a node is loaded or whatever, whatever it might be. You're, you're, you're super satisfied with how you've diagrammed this out. Uh, and then the sustainability question might be, does that even need to happen at all, right? Is right. there a way we could not even do it in the first place instead of doing it and making it very fast? 
um, right? There's a little bit of just a difference in the way that you think about it. Um, so um, I, I would also say that that tag is, is in use right now for larger brainstorming about like sort of policy questions almost, or sort of this initial community rallying effort to be like, um, you know, uh, should we be talking about, you, you know, that tag might come up in a in a Drupal camp project, in a DrupalCon project, it might come up in the governance issue queue when we're talking about, hey, should we have any governance related um, uh, to sustainability, all, all sorts of things. So um, it can be as much for policy issues as for code issues. So I like it. Yeah, definitely. I can already start to imagine uh, this being used almost immediately knowing the Drupal community. Um, great. You know, Tim, how is the uh, Drupal Association supporting this effort? Um, that's a really good question, and um, it has multiple facets to the answer. So we already talked about DrupalCon, for example, where we're trying to do our part within a program that we already operate to try and make it environmentally sustainable as much as we can. Um, but then there's the how can we support the efforts that aren't off the ground yet, right? So what is the Drupal Association's role and what do we do, right? We're a 501c3 nonprofit, strictly speaking, an educational nonprofit. We're not an environmental nonprofit, strictly speaking, but that doesn't mean that we can't have a huge impact on this space because um, we have, uh, first and foremost, a huge um, spotlight to shine on issues of importance to the Drupal community, right? If the Drupal Association says, hey, this is something that is important to us, we can be part of making sure it's on the keynote stage at DrupalCon and that the developer audience hears that message. We can be part of making sure that there are case studies and blog posts publicly made. We can do all sorts of things along those lines. Secondly, one of our primary functions is to provide infrastructure for the Drupal community and for the actual development of Drupal, right? We host a lot of servers. We pay a big bill every month for all the CI testing, for all of the different things that people do so our community can collaborate together. And so the things that we do with those systems uh, and ways we can improve their sustainability um, is, is an important question. Um, and, you know, we can also figure out how to collaborate with uh, energized folks within the community, folks like Mike and others who say, hey, wait a minute, there is, we could make something like a sustainability commitment, or we could participate in this pledge, or we could do X, Y, and Z, and not exactly sort of give permission. It's open source. People can come in and do these things, but we can kind of uh, boost and encourage and endorse uh, efforts like that to, to give them that little bit of extra energy. Um, so that's definitely a big thing and a big conversation. And we're going to talk a little bit later about some of the um, technical things that we're bringing that can impact all of the Drupal sites out there and the way we develop code. That'll be in our sort of gander conversation. Yeah, um, but we can actually talk about the very tools. Yeah, I was just actually you kind of brought up a good point. Like I, I didn't really think about this till right now that you know um, sustainability and economic impact kind of go hand in hand, or they correlate really well in the digital space, right? If we are doing something that is more sustainable, it naturally, I would think it has a better uh, economic profile for those that are deploying applications, building applications, et cetera. Whereas it might not be the case in other industries where they, you know, going green costs them more money initially. I think in our space, we have a, a kind of a, a quick reward of like, if we focus on sustainability, we're actually, it's going to be better. In, in most cases, again, you know, in most cases, partly because of the tightly coupling, tight coupling of 
improve performance and sustainability issues, but in, in several other areas, yeah, there, there's actually a, a, hopefully a reduction in your costs to start doing this as long as you're thinking about vendor selection, as long as you're thinking about who you're talking to. Um, speaking of that, let's I can talk a little bit about how Drupal.org itself is hosted and our tools. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And so the um, we basically have two major hosting providers that we use right now. One is the first host uh, for the Drupal project that was outside of Dries' dorm room, which was when we moved into the Oregon State University Open Source Lab. Um, and so we actually still have server infrastructure there. Um, wow. it's, it's now maybe 30% of the total infrastructure we run is what lives over there. Um, and we're in physical rack space next to some other open source projects that you've definitely heard of um, that are all in the same place and all um, got uh, hosted by this wonderful organization. Um, and, you know, student-run data center, educational opportunities, all these things. Um, uh, in terms of understanding our carbon footprint there and with them, it's really based on that university's overall carbon commitment. So unfortunately, we don't have numbers to measure what the particular carbon ratio of that data center is. The university does publish some overall numbers about their carbon reduction and carbon action plan. Um, so uh, if you're interested, the sustainability at OSU page talks about this and they're they're working on um, a 50% reduction in carbon emissions uh, in the next couple of years is their, is their current goal. And they have a, a publication about what they've been doing there. It's also uh, worth noting that, that it's in Oregon um, I imagine, which has one of the greenest energy supplies in, in the United States. Yeah. So, so we have a lot of hydroelectric, a lot of wind power, um, where there's not too much energy coming from non-green sources. So that certainly helps quite a bit. Um, and that actually relates to the other now bulk of our hosting, which is on AWS, uh, which you'll note was not on Mike's list of the best of the big three uh, <laughs> of the hosting providers. And that's completely fair. I think we were not we're not here for, um, you know, at the time we made this decision, we made it at a, a technical one years ago. But um, what we do have is uh, data center selection. And so similar to uh, what uh, Mike just said, where these data centers live can often affect the ratio of, of green energy being used. And you may not know this, but a lot of people out there probably do deploy things on AWS and the US, US West region that you see a lot of things deployed in is actually also primarily Oregon and primarily hydro powered data centers. Um, and so they do provide as a tool, a carbon calculator for what you're hosting on AWS. Um, and uh, so they have some portion of renewables. And according to this, as of uh, actually, as of next month, this is January 2024. I can't believe it's that close. We should be at or near like 98 to 100% renewable on our um, instances with them. So that's great. Yeah, it's good news. So, um, and uh, and we that that's an estimated usage of something like uh, what I these these carbon metrics are so hard to remember. I won't get too scientific. It's like the 30 million ton carbon offsets, whatever measure right. um, in a year is about what the DA uses, about 30 of those carbon units. Um, and we have about two left this year that were not on their renewables. So doing pretty good getting there. So you're telling me there's going to be a dashboard in the future that tells us how, what the carbon footprint of the Drupal project would be. 
I think it would actually be a really interesting idea. Um, you know, Mike mentioned the Wagtail example. They're a community that actually tries to do this. They try and publish the carbon impact of all the sites out there. We don't have enough access to the end user data, but there is a proposed telemetry initiative to start sending back some more information to Drupal.org so that we could know a little bit more. And perhaps when that initiative gets um, uh, more attention and more steam, one of the metrics we could consider are metrics that would let us measure that sustainability. That would be pretty cool. Um, and then we'd be able to gather some more of that information. But um, yeah, yeah. It's also worth noting that Drupal is, is more than just the software that, and the sites that we we run. The Drupal community has a huge impact on the the, the web uh, sphere in general, and on the certainly in the, the PHP community, uh, contributing a lot of stuff back to to that environment. So if we're yes. able to take a focus in on this and start writing material and make it a priority for our community, it will it will radiate out into to other smaller um, open source communities and, and, and indeed proprietary communities as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. It helps it helps uh, template it for them when they're looking to uh, adopt some of these best practices. Well, I'm definitely excited to learn more about this. I'm learning a lot on this podcast, so thank you. I appreciate it. The Tim, you talked about kind of like the actual infrastructure that's used to run all of this. How can the Drupal community help support sustainability initiative? Like how do we as Drupal community members jump in? Is it just throwing a hashtag on anything that we see that's poorly performing? <laughs> or uh, Well, um, what do we I mean, that's... It's better than nothing, but no, I mean, I think there's, sure. a, there's a few things that we need to do. I think we need to, we're at a place right now where we do need to find and recruit folks who's not just they themselves have an interest in this topic, but whose employers are willing to uh, fund some of that time um, to let them work on this, right? I think um, across the Drupal community, something like 70% of contributions are sponsored, and a lot of that sponsored time is spent on bug fixing and features and things like that but we could we could absolutely use someone to sponsor a uh, sustainability maintainer uh, and mm -hmm. things like that right that would be amazing um but also so i think we need some some people to just provide some more time to think about these issues but also i think we could use a group coming together to create a little bit of a roadmap of what we want to do because like i said you can do a lot of smaller one-off sustainability initiatives, a kind of follow after initiatives. But if we could come up with a way of like our top targets of things that um, would create something that is integrated into ongoing development of Drupal and becomes an, a fundamental part of the process, I think that would be really good. Um, and that's, that, um, gets us into, I think, this performance conversation that I think we want to talk just about. Just before we jump to that, uh, there's also yeah, yeah. on, on uh, Drupal.org, um, sorry, no, on the Drupal Slack channel, rather, we have the the uh, the, the sustainability-team um, channel, which is is worth calling out. Oh, yes, Please yes. join that, that Slack channel. That's the main place where you're going to engage with other people who are interested in sustainability, and you'll get updates there uh, more than anywhere else. Um, and and uh, also take a look at the web sustainability guidelines and the the website uh, sustainable design. Sorry, uh, sustainablewebdesign.org, which yeah. is a more user friendly version of the uh, the the the, sustain the sustainable web guidelines. Both of those things are quite useful. The more you can educate yourself about the issues and what what to look for and what the problems are and what the best practices are, the better you're going to be. There, there's just so much work being done on this right now, but the but the web is um, we're, digital sustainability is basically where web accessibility was 20 years ago, 
and we don't have the t we don't have twenty years. We don't have two two decades to sort of get to the point where where web accessibility is now. We need to go off and to quickly accelerate this to a conversation that isn't happening around in, in tech communities to something that that people understand and are acting on. Do I uh, do I see a, a new sustainability badge in Drupal.org's future? We can put these on our <laughs> profiles on our projects. Yeah, uh, on our hosting companies. I mean, that's on might be a great companies. Actually. Yeah, yeah, cool. That's great. Um, yeah. So you know, one of the things I definitely want to talk about because I think it's a it's a, there's a direct correlation. We've alluded to it a couple times here is performance, right? Like we've we've heard about this web performance. What is you know what is performance? What is web performance? Why is it important? Um, I think for us that are developers have been working with Drupal, especially Drupal at larger scale. Typically, it means you know reducing things like PHP runtime, reducing the number of database calls. Dare I say caching? Because caching is probably the most important thing that you can do to make a website fast, right? But I think even outside of caching, just making sure like you had pointed out earlier, Mike, that like, hey, your front end, this thing that we don't necessarily think about until it's a problem is actually creating a lot of carbon impact because all of the users that are using the website are burning resources, whether they're on green energy or not, uh, depends on where you're at. And, you know, some of us live off grid. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent off grid yet, but hopefully by this time next year, I will be. That's uh, one of my goals. Nice. nice. Um, so, but I think in, in general, you know, having that kind of thought process, having the ability to even identify where those problems are, uh, as opposed to something being reactive, being more proactive about that. I think uh, we definitely want to talk about something that uh, Tag One's been working on with the Google Chrome yeah. team. I'll let Michael introduce that here in a second. But I think um, oh, oh. It, it just in general, like, what are your thoughts on performance and like, how do we as a Drupal project get better at uh, making Drupal more performant. Yeah, so before Michael jumps in, what I wanted to say on this front in general is Drupal actually has a pretty strong reputation for uh, being able to create really highly performant, really scalable sites, right? This is something we've been yeah. good at for a long time. Um, in the early days, it wasn't necessarily out of the box, but more recently, things like big pipe innovations and other things, like it's gotten easier and easier to be highly performant and highly scalable. Um, a fellow Tag One person famously wrote one of the first books on high-performance Drupal um, and all of these things. Um, and so, like, this has been out there. But interestingly enough, we have for a long time not necessarily been able to, or not in an automated way, been able to prove it and show it and demonstrate it in everything that we do. And the Drupal Association was approached by uh, the Google Chrome team, uh, who was really interested in performance issues, both as they relate to like the experience of the web for end users, particularly for end users in uh, developing nations where the connections are slower and things like that, but also in the sustainability side of the equation. And they said like, okay, we're working with a variety of CMSs because the CMS industry together is at least 50% of the web. Um, and uh, the open the open source CMS industry in particular, and um, different communities and different CMSs have different problem spaces. And okay, Drupal's really good at some of these performance things. It's maybe not so good at some of these other things. Um, but what do you think we could work on together? And um, we worked on a few projects, but ultimately um, we started working. Uh, we kind of introduced some of the Chrome team to to you all over at the Tag One side and came up with some some cool ideas. So Michael, um, I think that's kind of the original genesis of where this this Gander idea came from. And maybe you can take it from there and explain this this cool thing that we're putting together. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, 
it's a really interesting approach, right? If we can attack the open web at a platform level and make massive improvements or even just small improvements to a CMS like WordPress, it has an outsized impact on the internet as a whole. You know, Drupal Power is something like six, seven, eight percent of the top 10,000 websites. It's a lot of traffic. Um, when we first collaborated with the Chrome team, we made specific changes to, to Drupal core, right? We wanted to improve lazy loading. We, we focused more on like features and capabilities that you could just turn on and make your sites faster. But what we quickly realized was that when people build on top of Drupal, they tend to uh, decrease performance. And that includes the Drupal community. Like when we as you know, contributors to Drupal make Drupal core contributed modules over time, we tend to uh, impact performance. And it's not something that we have paid as close attention to as we should because we're short on time and resources. And, you know, I think whether you're a company or, you know, an open source Drupal developer, unless it's a glaring problem, it's something you just tend not to be aware of. Um, and so, you know, we thought, well, you know, what if we built an automated performance testing system that could monitor uh, Drupal's performance as changes are introduced, we could catch them sooner, which means it's easier to fix them, right? The benefit and beauty of automation in the development cycle. Um, uh, and it'll free up, you know, time for folks like Alex Pot and the individuals that are doing this testing right now that, you know, are, you know, precious commodities in, in the community. Uh, so it gives them more time, makes Drupal faster. Um, and our hope is that over time, you know, uh, organizations using Drupal will adopt this system. It's an open source platform. Uh, currently, it's integrated into the Drupal QA system. And so this is a, you know, another great example. Tim, you talked earlier about how, you know, how can the DA be a force multiplier? Well, you know, by taking this, you know, open source platform and plugging it into the QA system, you know, we can run it on every commit to Drupal core. You know, right now we're running it, you know, in, in sort of like a, an MVP capacity. We just announced it at DrupalCon Lil and it runs every couple of hours. But our goal is to get to the point where just like the QA system, it runs on every commit or every merge request uh, and we evaluate the performance criteria. Uh, and uh, I didn't know this, but apparently, you know, one of the things I learned in, in doing the Gander project is that there is an existing performance contract in Drupal that we just don't enforce. <laughs> uh, that like, you mean in terms of the contribution process and the, the kind of community gates for the for new feature development and so on? Yeah, I didn't, I, I never knew that, wow. that uh, technically speaking, you know, when you introduce a new feature to Drupal, it has to meet certain performance requirements and we don't really, uh, it's not really enforced, you know, 99% so of the do. time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this, for the first time, we now have a report that can say, "Hey, your change had you know this impact," uh, and we can make a you know a, you know a business decision. You know, do we want to you know allow this change to happen, or do we want to revise the approach to increase it? And you know, while you know the primary goal of the system was increasing the end user experience, it's sort of like people contribute to open source out of self interest, right? You you do something to make the platform better, you scratch an itch. I don't, you know, and, and earlier you talked about the, you know, the quick ROI on these kinds of things is pretty amazing, right? Um, by making sites faster, Google has proven through tons of research that you improve the end user experience, which leads to more page views, which means more revenue, more time on site. Like the benefits are insane. It's amazing. It's like, who, yeah. why isn't performance the focus of every organization? Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, all the way down to the end user device, which you talked about earlier, Mike, like it'd be great if my you know, phone didn't have to process as much because my battery would last longer, right? right? And so, you know, like I'm making more money, my battery lasts longer 
and I have a better environmental impact. I mean, it's like, you know, just win, win, win down the line. And so, you know, uh, you know, performance and scalability is the goal of Gander and, and making, you know, Drupal the, the fastest CMS out there, you know, out of the box and ensuring that you keep it fast when you develop on top of it. But, you know, the sustainability impact, um, you know, is huge. And, you know, Mariano, you're working on a, a blog post that uh, probably come out early next year. Um, you know, we really, we wanted to to do a calculator, right? Like if we mm -hmm. make Drupal, you know, 200 milliseconds faster, you know, what does that impact have? And it's, you know, we can contrive an example for context just to paint a picture, but it's, you know, surprising how many, how much data and information you need that you just don't have access to right now to yeah. really calculate and understand these things. And so, the idea of, you know, Amazon having, you know, renewable energy information and the DA saying, here's our footprint. Like I could totally see how, you know, in a few years, even, you know, you could programmatically determine the, you know, the environmental impact of your code, of your application. And that's, that'd be amazing. Even down to the request. Yeah, I think. Yeah. The, the one thing to think, think about is just the, the that anytime, any process on, on a digital product, like it, it's the scalability, right? You've got, mm -hmm. you're loading one web page that like how much CO2 is involved in that? Not very much. But if you have a million websites and they're being run, you, you, each one of them has, has uh, uh, 10 million page views, you know, I mean, that's a little bit much for every, but you know, like you, a highly traffic website. It's a, it does escalate quite quickly. And so any yeah. little changes can make a huge deal. Yeah. yeah. They, it's, they, really, it's really impressive. Say, yeah. I was going to say a single change can have, you know, many factors of impact on, on, you know, it's, it's carbon footprint ultimately. And I think that's the kind of the correlation we're trying to make here is that, you know, if we make things faster, we do reduce the overall amount of resources consumed, that's, you know, uh, more sustainable in, in our approach. And I think, you know, pointing out the fact that like, look, we're with the Gander project, it's really about creating and exposing something that, you know, sure, you could build something to have that type of visibility, but it wasn't standardized. And I think the, the idea here is that we're standardizing yeah. something that people are seeing used in the Drupal core project, and then they can actually extend it and bring it into their own project um, has a really big impact. I think some of the early wins would be some of the other, you know, really popular distributions and themes and modules that are being used out there. They could start to implement this in their project. It starts to have a, a really big kind of cascade effect uh, on its yeah. impact. Yeah. And this, that, your point you've just made goes to something I said really early on, which is the, um, you know, the advantage of the way that we're integrating Gander into the CI system for Drupal, into this testing system, is that it is just, it's fundamental to the process. It becomes something that's always included, always checked for, not something you have to run as a manual test, not something that you need some particular owner, very passionate single volunteer to work a bunch of evening and weekend hours. And and when they go away, the project doesn't care anymore. It, no, it's, it's, it's systematized. It's, it's a, it's a, strong technological solution. Um, and uh, that gives us scalability, not just in the performance sense, but scalability in the like community effort to, to make uh, an impact here. So um, I think that's, it's a really great example of that. And um, I'm really looking forward to seeing it, um, you know, be extended to that every merge request and then adopted by these other things. Um, and I, I think it's, it's really, um, you know, we shouldn't underestimate the impact it would have in end user adoption as well. I think it would be a really cool thing to see a part of the standard best practice. We'd like, we've all seen these, 
you have you define a deployment your your sort of CI dev stage prod pipeline for uh, for a client project, right? Not for us as developers. And seeing the standard best practice diagram of that that's presented all over the web, including a here's your performance and sustainability check step <laughs> in your pipeline right. that all these pipelines should have, like that would be a huge win for the web yeah. um, and for the yeah. planet. So, yeah, yeah, I think we uh, just just playing critical thinker here. We've also got to be careful that we won't we don't want to turn this on on every single commit, right? We want to uh, just use it well, when uh, you know we're ready for a release candidate or something along those lines. It's one of those things that we we pull together and say, okay, this is one of those those checks that we pass before we make a release. And if if uh, we're seeing yeah. a regression or a negative trend, uh, that we're aware of it. And I think that's the the big takeaway here is that we're creating visibility that really didn't exist there before, or we could we could create that visibility, but it required a lot of resources and technical know-how. This is allowing this to be a little bit more turnkey, a little bit more accessible for the community to start implementing with their projects. And I think that's that's huge. Um, really excited to see this move forward. Um, well, I don't want to take up too much time here. I know we've been uh, talking, we've had, we've covered a lot of great topics. There's been a lot of links that we will definitely make sure that we put down in the, um, the show notes, if you will. We talked a little bit about participation, but I want to rehash this again. Like how do, how do we participate? How do we get involved in, in the sustainability project one more time? And then um, anything closing that you all want to mention before we stop the recording? Yeah. I'll jump real, real quick, which is just that, um, you know, I encourage you to um, do what people in Drupal and in the open source community do best, which is begin to coalesce and self-organize with the other interested people to move this forward. Um, as Mike said, the sustainability team channel in Drupal Slack is a great place for the regular meetings, the real-time communication, the way to um, introduce yourself to some of these other folks. Um, the drupal.org slash about slash sustainability page also has really great information about our commitments uh, as a project that we've made so far and future things that we want to do. And also, if you are another organization and you have an idea similar to this one, you know, developed by the Tag1 team about how, hey, Drupal as a whole could be improved by three percentage points, 20 percentage points, whatever, if we did X, and the DA would just put it in in their infrastructure. Let me know. Con reach out to me directly uh, at the Drupal Association. Um, you can find me on the association staff page and uh, and let me know that idea. And we'll see if we can empower you to to bring that to the community. So um, those would be my suggestions. But I'll, I'll pass it to to Mike for his comments as well. Uh, I would definitely encourage people to check out Gander because it it, uh, it is a really interesting project and and ways to try and how do you incorporate the work that's being done by the Tag One team into into your project. Um, there's also a group called uh, climateaction.tech that has another great Slack channel. There's also a, um, a, a magazine called Branch that's really quite good that, uh, that has a lot of useful resources in that as well. Um, but I mean, learning more about this is, is such a huge part of it because people are not familiar with it. Um, and particularly not just looking at the environmental impact of, of the, 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 the system when you're running it. Uh, we don't think about the embedded carbon of, of the, the systems and, and so much more of, of um, so many more people are thinking about uh, how do we try and extend the lives of our machines so that they, they, uh, we, they can serve us better without having uh, to, to cost the planet in terms of the production and the disposal of their, 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 uh, the devices. So there's a lot to learn in this space um, and you know, ask questions, keep an eye on the sustainability tag 
and uh, and and find ways to uh, to get involved because uh, I think there's there's so much more to be done. This is this is something that is very quickly an evolving community, and, and there's lots of room for people to to innovate. Yeah. Michael, any closing words here? Yeah, check out the uh, you know the sustainability group on Slack. Um, you know, nothing like the power of the Drupal community. So it's probably the best place to get started. Um, you know, issue queues for the items mark sustainability. I promise we won't mark every gander <laughs> tag. You know, I was, I was like, when you first said, I was like, oh, we're going to mark everything sustainability. This is great. <laughs> uh, we won't do that. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure there's some opportunities on some existing issues, tag sustainability that you can take advantage of. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been fascinating. I, you know, I really encourage people to, to dig into this more because it's, you know, as I've learned more about it and had these conversations, um, I found it really fascinating. So. Cool. Well, I expect uh, you all to join our uh, sustainability birds of a feather session that uh, sounds like we need at the DrupalCon Portland coming up and, um, uh, look forward to having you all back on another future Tag One Team Talk. Thank you again, gentlemen, for joining us today, tonight in some uh, areas, and uh, see you again. Thanks Thank so you much. very much. Thank you.